It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics like you and me To be, yes, you Me I'm looking at you You too, Father uh, To be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass My name is Scott Williams, my co-host is Jeff Trailer. Hey Jeff what's, Hey Scott What is that patch on your shirt? It's uh, for a brewery, Masthead Brewing Company in Cleveland, Ohio You're a, you're a pretty uh, pretty good swag buyer at places, I've noticed uh, Yeah, it's I'm, I'm a big fella, so it's hard to find Merch. swag that fits me So I, I'm always on the lookout Love it But yeah, thanks Father Jeff Dufresne, how are you today? I'm doing well. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Is it a show? We'll call it a show. Sure. Um, this is the first time in the course of All Set for Sunday History that somebody has brought a Bible with them. <laughs> really? Well, it's a, it is a Catholic podcast. So. Yeah. I didn't bring my Bible last time? I don't think so. I mean, wow. maybe. Perhaps you did. You actually came with multiple texts today, so that's even better. But um, It's mostly for show. <laughs> you uh, may have brought a Bible before, but I don't. Would you? Is it possible that you brought it but didn't open it? Yes. Okay. Very possible. Because you've memorized all the scripture. No. <laughs> I just, also want to point out them. the reason Father Dufresne is on the podcast is he listened to last week's podcast, which is maybe the most shameful thing I can say about him on public airwaves. But <laughs> he listened, heard you talking about how you knew two Jeffs and one was funny and then the other one was me. <laughs> and he texted me and said, obviously I was the other Jeff that Scott was talking about. So. A lot of clergy listening to the podcast. I got a phone call from uh, Father Jonathan Meyer the other, the other day and he said, I listened to the podcast and challenge accepted. I am preaching about capture the flag this week. So Please tell me he did. He, he said that he very clearly did from the get-go. Everybody check out All Saints uh, Parish. All Saints for Sunday. All Saints, <laughs> All Saints Parish, you can find his homilies uh, streaming online. So, Is it more shameful to admit I'm a subscriber? To her, you subscribed? Yeah. You hit the, you Do you hit ding the, bell? the bell? I hit the like and the subscribe button. Yes. Nice. Link in the description below. Yeah, maybe Love not it. shameful to say you're a subscriber, but to imply that you actually listened to something we said you should do is really the, the part where people are going to start judging you. Even a broken clock job. is right twice a day. That's right. Even this podcast fakes it once a week. <laughs> every every squirrel gets a blind squirrel finds a nut finds finds an acorn yes ready for the two-minute drill we are all right eight sudden and ordinary we, time we clearly have it together today <laughs> yeah i got totally and completely together um i was actually working diligently on prepping for the podcast and then father tim would just call called me and then i had to scramble and write some things down so we'll see how it goes eight sunday and ordinary time first reading uh from sirach so in here, we're talk uh, Sirach is talking to us. He's giving us some, uh, some metaphors, some descriptions of, of things. But what he's really telling us is that when somebody speaks, that's where you find their faults. Uh, their tribulation, and when they experience tribulation, that's where you see their motives. 
So you screwed up when you started talking. Yes. <laughs> it's happening right now. Everybody is hearing it. See, where you messed up yeah. was the point when you opened your mouth. No. And that when, when we use our words, the way we use our words shows how our minds bend, where our lean is and, and, and where we're coming from and what our motivations are. So basically, he's coming with this idea of like, careful who you back, who, who you support, who you back, who you vouch for before you've heard them speak. Because mm. until you know them, you don't know that you can really back them up. So I think that's a good, it's a good lesson to be learned there. Yeah. Responsorial Psalm this week. I'm thinking that like, so we talk all the time about how we have bangers and we have mumblers and then there's like an in-between Responsorial Psalm. Like... I think that in-between area is just just some hearty advice. Like, there's just some hearty advice. And here it is. Lord, it's good to give thanks to you. That's just some good hearty advice. Like a, like a warm bowl of beef stew. Yes. Like just a good reminder. But I also think it's funny that we're saying that to God. Like, Lord, it's good to give thanks to you. And he's like, yeah. Like, I've been telling you this for so long. But All I wanted was a thank you. Yeah. Well, it's good to do that. Not, we're not saying thank you, but we're just saying it's good to thank you. It's good advice. Uh, second reading comes from 1 Corinthians. Um, this reading is telling us we got to be a little careful uh, to get a little too big in our britches. Sometimes we think we're better than people. Sometimes we get this confidence, this uh, we feel incorruptible, as it says. We feel immortal. And mm-hmm. when we start to feel like that, that's where sin takes us over. We're in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. But if we are devoted to Jesus and all that we do, then our work is not in vain. Sin may be there, and it may make it, our, our trials and tribulations tough. But if we are devoted to Jesus, none of that is in vain. In our gospel reading, our gospel uh, comes from Luke chapter 6, 39 to 45 this week. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but you do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite. Remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit. Nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit, for every tree is known by its fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from the brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good, but an evil person out of the store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well done, Jeff. Good on you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Mate. Some good old Indiana charm there. That's right. That was uh, Australian. See. Uh, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> Father Dufresne, uh, any any heresy that we need to cl- clean up there? Anything that Jeff got wrong? Not that I'm aware of. Awesome. I thought it was a good two-minute drill. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Was it two minutes? Stop it. I wasn't <laughs> counting. <laughs> Stop. You don't have to look. <laughs> it was two minutes like my homilies are two minutes. Yeah, I was going to say. It... I don't think it, the two-minute drill's ever actually been two minutes, but it's just hurry-up defense or offense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, Father, Father, what are you what are you preaching about this week, and what do you got in the in the old homily notebook? That's is that what great... that is right there? Um, so this is actually no, the other one. Oh, the other one. Is that um, your homily notebook? This is where I happened to write my homily ideas last week. 
but I don't really have like a homily notebook. Oh, that's okay. Um, your little notepad that you wrote your write your homily ideas and looks like a detective's pad. It's like, like a, a like yeah. a like you're gonna get yeah like, like you, need you a just walked up to a scene. Yeah. So where were you last night? See, <laughs> you know, like it probably doesn't hurt that it's next to a fedora. Everybody, but, welcome to uh, all accents for Sunday. The uh, <laughs> so for everyone who's listening, we're sitting yes. here on Tuesday morning um, at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I. There's a lot that can change between Tuesday and Sunday. <laughs> I love when we get these explanations of why but a priest is not prepared. Why haven't thought about this yet? <laughs> Father, no, no, that's not what I said. Father Brockmeyer did the exact same thing last week. But I often, it's often true that I have a homily on Tuesday or Wednesday, and the Lord intervenes mm-hmm. in some way so that I end up preaching a completely different homily over the weekend. I feel like we talked about that a little bit the last time you were on. The last time I think we had you on was right after your shoulder surgery. I'm really a one-trick pony. I mean, <laughs> I didn't, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I remember you talking about how like that experience had changed your approach to things sure. and how you were going to preach because of it had just like made you aware of different things. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, so getting back to this weekend's readings, I think there are some really important questions for all of us in here. And these, these readings speak to some things that are really timely and some challenges that we have in the church right now. So I think the first question that, that comes out of this for us is, am I aware of my own sin? Am I blind to my own sin? Because that, that's the kind of blindness that Jesus is talking about, right? We know he's not talking about physical blindness, and, but we cannot lead people spiritually if we are blind to our own sin, mm. right? And so that, that's an important question. This is, this is why we begin Mass with the penitential act, right? This is why we begin Mass by saying, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> um, because the first affirmation of being a Christian after, like, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is, I am a sinner, right? And that... That gets to the hypocrisy. You hypocrites. I thought, yeah. I thought you proclaimed that particularly well. Jeff. Well, it had an exclamation point. As somebody um, who write, uses exclamation points a lot just when I speak, but also when I write, I always feel it's important to make you ever sure written an that. email and like there's just way too many exclamation points and you're like, I'm not that excited about it. And then you read it back in your head and it's like, hey, Jeff. I just meant to say, hey, Jeff. Uh, I often get accused of that. Recently, somebody told me that. They were like, I used to think you just used way too many exclamation points in your emails. And then I got to know you, and I realized, that's just you. <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's accurate. Have you ever done that and then been too lazy to change them and just sent it anyway? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. It's that's not just every, me. So every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this, this is a central qu- question for us, is that we not be blind to our own sin. And I think that... Um, one thing that we've done a really good job of uh, in the church recently is emphasizing confession. You know, I've had this experience, at least here in the, in the archdiocese, of a lot of priests are preaching about confessions. Um, there are a lot of parishes having very available and accessible confession times. Um, and I, I've seen, an, thanks be to God, an increase of confessions at, at St. Philip's. Um, but we don't always, we, we talk about confession, 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 and then sometimes we miss in that. It's like, at least they're going to confession, but we miss continuing to form people to do like a really, really thorough examination of conscience, right? 
What do you what What is your advice for theoretically speaking during the penitential rite at mass when someone just gets into uh, the routine of coming to mass and just saying the words? So, like in particular, the the penitential act, like how yeah. to participate in that. Well, I think the the ability to participate in that penitential act comes can flow from the practice of saying the act of contrition on a daily basis mm -hmm. or like there's the Ignatian practice of an examine of conscience, which is not just saying, where are my sins, but also saying, where is God's grace at work? Right? So if you're on a daily basis, acknowledging even briefly in your prayer, God have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Here are the ways that I've sinned. Um, saying an act of contrition, like that also helps you memorize the act of contrition. Mm -hmm. um, so that I would say, that moment, if it's just that moment, and we're not preparing for it on a daily basis or acknowledging that on a daily basis, it can be hard to jump into it, right? Right. Um, the other piece is just um, recognizing the scriptural basis for what we're saying. So we're saying, Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us, right? And that, that reminds us, that evokes certain scenes in scripture where people are coming up to Jesus saying, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me, right? They're coming to him in this great need. Like, I need my son healed. I need this demon expelled. I need to be able to walk, to see, to... Mm. They have these great needs that are really impacting their lives, that are really inhibiting them from doing what they need to do, from being who they need to be. And if we recognize that it's not just like, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, let us pray, like, or, or sing the Gloria and then say, let us pray. Um, it, if we recognize that we are in great need, then that's gonna be a much different thing to say, Lord have mercy, right? We're crying out to Christ to heal us. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, Is that helpful? it makes a lot of sense. I think as, as a parent, in like, I've tried to be intentional in there times I'm, that my wife and I have been better about it than others, but on, on a semi-regular basis, when I'm asking my kids about their day, I'll ask them about school, I'll ask them about what they did in class, but I always will ask them three questions. I'll say, I'll ask them, uh, how was somebody God to you today? Like, how was somebody, how did somebody make God present to you today? Where'd you see that? How were you God to somebody else today? And they have to answer both. And like, if they can't answer how they were God to somebody, then we, you know, then that leads to a good discussion about like, all right, so what are we doing here? But I will also ask them, how did you fail God today? And then we'll answer the same questions to them. Mm -hmm. But like, it's just such a, a reminder that like, it's way easier for me to figure out how I failed God on any given day than it is to remember on some days how I was God to others. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, it's not an examine, right? But like, it is sure. a similar idea of like recognizing, you know, those graces, but also recognizing our struggles in, in the, the, like within our domestic church, right? Like within the home. I think that's awesome. And it part of another reminder for parents is like, you know, imagine one of your children, you know, God forbid, like having a great need or having a great sorrow or being in great pain and crying out to you. Like, you're not going to say like, oh, hold on, let me finish this text message, right? It's yeah. like drop everything. All my attention yeah. is right here. And so how is the Lord respond? How is the father responding when we're crying out, Lord, have mercy? When we're saying, I confess, like, He's right there, just like a good father or mother would be. I've also found that the more often we have those conversations, the better my kids get at recognizing 
those things in their lives, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Like we don't take the time every day to recognize where God, how other people are <clears throat> present to us as God and how we're present to other people. Even when we do it, we don't see it. Our world is flooded with all of the distractions. Like this is how evil works in our lives, right? Sure. Like it distracts us from that, but also really being conscious in our actions of like, man, I just did this thing. And that is how I failed to be God to somebody. This is a way I failed to do this. And I think it's been a very good practice for all of us as a family to just to recycle and go through and talk about. Yeah. So I, and I, I end up talking like when I'm catechizing people, I, I think one thing that we need to be convinced of in our culture today is that sin is possible, right? That there is possible that <laughs> yes, that yes. there is right. <laughs> we can do it. That, <laughs> that there is, that there is right. And that there is wrong because most of what we just pick up and absorb in our culture is you do you, I do me. And we're all, everybody's okay. Yeah. Don't right? worry about everybody. You're okay. Else. I'm okay. We're all going to go to heaven. Right. And we, so we need to be reminded like what sin is. Sin is real, yeah. but we can't ever stay there. And so I, th- I think that, you know, Jesus starts out talking about blindness. Can a blind man lead a blind man? But then he also shows us very clearly what is the way out. Very clearly. Once I think I, it's hysterical. But I think that's part of it is like being able to see it. One thing that I really want to do for our family and for our kids, our kids are a little bit younger right now, um, but I want to make sure that they see us going to confession and that we we make time outside of the liturgical you know, large penance services to, to go to confession so that we can just know that it's okay that we trip, we fell, but we're going to get right back up and not waiting until the opportunity presents itself, but going and seeking that out, I think is going to be important for us. And even like, if they're not old enough to go to confession yet, like sharing at an age appropriate level, you, you don't tell your kids your examination of conscience, right? But like telling them, I'm going through the, I'm examining like where I failed the Lord. I'm going through the 10 commandments or mm-hmm. I'm going through the precepts of the church or I'm going through, you know, whatever it is. And yeah, but that the thoroughness of being willing to see our sins, like in asking the, like if you ask the Lord, give me true repentance for my sins, like show me my sins, he will pull back the veil little by little. And it, it might be painful, but like asking the Lord to help us see our sins is essential. Like don't don't leave me in blindness. Yeah. And we we don't want to look at it because it's painful to see how we've distanced ourselves from the Lord, how we've damaged relationships with others. But um, like He's the one that can heal it. So let let me see it so I can bring it to you. Right. Yeah. But I think the questions that lead us to the way out, instead of just sitting there saying I'm a sinner, I'm so terrible, like I'm no good, whatever is the next thing that Jesus talks about, you know, that the blind, the blind man, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher. So he's, he's raising this question for us here. Like, are you a disciple? Like he doesn't say, are you a believer? (laughs) He doesn't say, are you culturally a Catholic? He says, are you a disciple? Are you learning from me? Mm -hmm. And if, if you ever identify yourself of a disciple as a disciple of a worldly teacher, like you've read everything they've written, right? You, you, you watch every video they've made on YouTube or whatever it is, you know, and you know, how, how many of us are doing that intentionally with the Lord, right? Yeah. Like actually being disciples and also like, who are our teachers? Yeah. We got to subscribe and ring the bell for the Lord. Am I right? <laughs> well, I, I think the Lord reaches out to us. Outside of <laughs> social media sometimes, but and 
But I mean, have one of these, right? Have a Bible and like read it. And St. Jerome says, ignorance of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ, right? And um, we have to know Christ to be his disciple. So I I think that's, and also think about, you know, who are the teachers? Who are the people I allow to influence me? Are they, like I was thinking the other day of how important the rosary has been in my life recently. And it's like having those memorized prayers. And like, I think my rosary when I was a teenager was probably like, the top 50 songs in hip hop of the day. Like I would just repeat those over and over again and I had memorized all the lyrics and like those people were my teachers. Um, Who was your favorite teacher? I I had a lot of favorite hip hop artists. I, you know, I listened to Jay-Z a lot. Um, There, I I don't endorse his, his message or his teaching. Yeah. But, um, I was a big Jay-Z fan. I listened to some Kanye before he got really crazy. Um, but and, might be uh, honest Before he got Catholic. Jesus. Yeah. Like. Um, but anyway, I was kind of reflecting on that. Like, these were the people I was letting influence my soul, influence my heart. And, like, these were the, the words that were always on my lips. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, like, the last point. I know, like, how do we see the, our way out of this? Well, mostly it's by shutting our mouth. <laughs> the first reading. Like, you see that, like, Jesus is clearly looking connects. back. Jesus is clearly Weird. looking back to, to Sirach, right? And this, this is the, the tradition that Jesus' words are based on that he's speaking from. Like, out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you want to know really what someone is about, like, listen to what they say off the cuff. Listen to what they say when they're really pressed. Listen to what they say under duress or under pressure, right? And this is, this is so hard to do in a soundbite culture. Yeah. Right? Cause you're, and that's what everybody wants you to go off of their soundbites, and nobody wants to listen. You know, no, no world leader wants to go on like Joe Rogan and talk for three hours because who would then support them? Because, you know, and so we have to um, first, I think, shut our mouths and engage in silence and reflection and, and really restraint in what we say. Because there are so many sins that are damaging that we can commit with our tongue. Like, what you say can kill somebody's reputation. What you say mm. can kill a friendship, right? Like, yep. sins like detraction, sin, like speaking based on our rash judge, judgments when we don't know all of the facts of what actually happened or, or someone's inner life. Um, you know, sharing someone's faults unnecessarily. Like, those... Or, or even just like using foul language can just like give scandal. And so how we speak is, is a manifestation of who we are, like in our heart. And so I, I remember I was trying to reflect on like what is, if someone's struggling with these sins, like what is the way out if I'm, um, if I'm sinning a lot with what I say? And I, I remember this talk that a, a cardinal, Cardinal, um, cardinal O'Collins from, uh, Can- I believe he's the Cardinal Archbishop of Toronto. Um, I thought you were going to say Canada for a minute. He came, <laughs> he came <laughs> to... all Canada. He came to St. Minor to give us a day of prayer. And he talked about the importance of memorized prayer and the relationship between, like, prayer that is like the Hail Mary or the office where the words are given to you 
and prayer that is spontaneous, where you're speaking to the Lord out of your heart. Mm -hmm. And the relationship between these two is that speaking memorized prayers or scripted prayers, like the liturgy, like the rosary, Mm -hmm. um, those form your heart. So when you speak those words, you're forming your heart to say um, whatever it is they say, to say, Lord, have mercy, or to say, you know, hail Mary, to, to give to give veneration to the Blessed Mother, right? Um, to, uh, in the office, we literally say every day at the start of the day, Lord, open my lips. Like, let it be you that opens my lips instead of me that opens my lips to mm. say whatever I'm going to say, um, yeah. which is from the Psalms. I but, once heard a, a, a very moving homily from Father Eric Johnson, who refuses to be a guest on our podcast, but um, <clears throat> doesn't refuse so much as just ignores my emails when I ask him. Um, but Father Eric gave a homily very similar to this. That was very influential on me and moved me very much on the same idea of like using the prayer, like scripted prayers for lack of a better term in the words that we have written and everything to like open a time of prayer and like to it. But the way you just described it there makes it, it's like a larger explanation of what he was saying. The idea that like, through those rehearsed words and those words that we know, we enter into a place of meditation where it can open our minds to truly a, a conversation with God. And it was a question when I worked in ministry that I would often ask kids who they had to lead prayer for the school or they had to lead prayer in class and they were always nervous to do so. And I'd say, well, have you been praying? And people would get very offended. I'm like, it's, it's, it's okay. Like, but, but guess what? Like, it's just like anything else. If you practice it, you're going to get better at it. Like if you pray on your own on a regular basis, then it's pretty easy to just go ahead and like pray spontaneously because you know, those words, like you said, you know how to dialogue. You've been, you've been given by so many people, like just the best ways to dialogue with God and you can just, you know, build from there. So, yeah. And then that spontaneous prayer like brings those desires of our heart that are formed by scripture, formed by the, the scripted prayers that we say, um, out and expresses them to the Lord. Yeah. So it's this, this, process of conversion and formation. And it's true. Like no, no good athlete would go out there without having practiced. Right. We wouldn't, we wouldn't recommend to anybody, Oh, you can eat junk food all week and then go out on Friday night or on Saturday and play your best on the field. And we can't do that with, with virtue, with good works either. And it's not other skill sets. I know plenty of people who are great public speakers and who can get up and do that, but still struggle to pray spontaneously and again, because they struggle to find those words. And when you dive in, oftentimes it comes from just the lack of that like dialogue with God on their own. Well, that's, that's like the treasure he's saying here at the end. Like, out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Like, out of the good treasure of our hearts, we produce good. Or out of the evil treasures, we produce evil. And you need to build up that treasure in daily prayer and relationship with the Lord in order to be able to, you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think this conversation's been a treasure. I was going to say that. I knew you were. (laughs) That's why I beat you to it. (laughs) All right. Introduce your own dumb questions. All right. Time for dumb questions. It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. Uh, this is this is my favorite part because it's an adventure. 
Like, it I is, never know what you're going to ask. It is an adventure. First off, Father, do you play Wordle? I do not. You don't? No. Okay, so your coffee mug makes no sense. But anybody who's interested should check out wordleofthelord.com. I did uh, see about. I did see that that is, <laughs> that is a thing. Wordleofthelord.com. I haven't liked or subscribed to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was on Elliot. <coughs> I don't know how to pronounce the name of that website. Alicia? Alitia? Alithea? There's no H, though. A-L-E-T-I-A. It's Greek. .org. Oh, it's Greek? It's Greek. I, it's all Greek to me. Yeah. yeah. I got two and a half languages, and Greek ain't one of them. So. No. That's What's the half? Latin. Yeah. Oh. Maybe three quarters, but... Okay. So it's definitely not Latin. Good. You're probably closer in Latin than most because of your Spanish. Spanish helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or Latin helps a lot with Spanish, one way or the other. Spanish Chicken and egg. first, yeah. Did it? I thought for Latin me. came from... Well, for you. I was going to say, wait, what? It <laughs> really upset some people here. <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of, I was going to ask you the question. Do you... So, not every... It, people go to medical school, right, as doctors, and then they get, like, a specialty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not every priest has that, but, like, do you have an area that you would consider, like, your area of expertise as a priest? Like, Hispanic, it, like Spanish ministry or something like that? Why would a doctor go to medical school? They go to medical Before school to become doctors. doctors. Oh, yeah. Got it. Okay. I, to teach there? <laughs> Take that. That's go a good ahead. question. Yeah, I, you know, we, we all in formation get an MDiv, so yeah. Masters of Divinity for um, those who don't know what an MDiv is. And so that, that's kind of a general thing we all share. So my, my expertise is mostly formed by experience rather than like credentials. Like I don't have an extra degree or yeah. anything. But so I would say... Um, Latino, th- Latino ministry is a big area of expertise that comes with just being able to speak the language and knowing a little bit of the culture yeah. um, and continuing to learn about that every day. But is way more about like ministering to a, a Spanish speaking community is more is is not just about the language. No. It's not about just like, how do you use the right words? It is about culture. It's about it, like, it's so much more. It is. But if, if there's a, if there's a fluency of language there, it yeah. opens a lot of doors that otherwise like, yeah, you really can't learn all the other with, things right? if yeah. without. Yeah. yeah. So that the, the language is kind of the doorway to that. But I, I also think, you know, liturgy is something I've always been, I've been passionate about, you know, since I was an altar boy and that has kind of grown and, taken different forms throughout the years, but that it's kind of an area of expertise that, you know, I always like an opportunity to MC, you know, when I get to MC for other priests, um, or, or, you know, help the archbishop, whatever. Which is awesome. Be. Cause that's not something you hear a lot of priests say that the, like, I think some priests are more, he- would be very hesitant to MC because it's like, like, I think some might see it as a step down or mm. a lesser role. You think so? I think, I think the there are for sure some priests who would see that. I've always liked to be in the center of the action. Like I, when I played baseball, I was the catcher because you're involved in every play and you're telling everyone what to do. Um, do I'm the oldest son. You so have a little ADD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that it's related to a question that Father Todd Goodson asked me when I was his associate. He was like, you know, what would, what would you be if you weren't a priest? And I was like, I'd probably be a butler. Like, and I think the MC is kind of like, the priest, whoever's celebrating the mass, he's like, not really, he's kind of like their butler. Like he's making sure everything's ready for them. Everything's there when you, when you need it. And it's kind of like orchestrating this, Yeah. Ev- all the moving pieces. Like I love, I love that. So 
That's cool. That was that was a good answer. I liked it. All right, here's my dumb question. That I, I just I just wanted to know about your expertise, and then it'll probably inform like questions I ask in the future of you. Great. Okay, so la- last I've already said too much. No, two weeks ago, I think, with Father Tim, we were talking. I was quizzing him on canon law, which was fun. I'm not going to quiz you on canon law. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to quiz you on Hispanic what? ministry and liturgy. <laughs> no, um, recite the germ. Um, no, we. <laughs> sorry. Jeff My actual to, question. Love to say okay. the germ. I do. I do. It's a word I use. Like, listen. Don't you start with me on like you learning three words you about did something it. and then just repeating them. Um, when a parish is formed, when a, a diocese or archdiocese or whatever decides to to open a parish, how do they go about choosing the name of that parish? That's a good question. Um, did you ask this knowing anything no. about St. Philip Neri? No, not at all. Okay. So No, I, I asked, honestly, I asked because I was traveling this weekend, and we were in Michigan, and we were in St. Joe's, Michigan, so we went to St. Joseph's Paris and St. Joseph's, Michigan. But when I, like, searched in the area we were for St. Joseph Parish, like, 25 popped up. Like, there was just a ton of them. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I wouldn't have thought there were that many in this close of proximity to each other. So then it just made me start thinking, I wonder how they do that. There's lots of city associations. Yeah. Like St. Martin's mm-hmm. in Martinsville and St. Lawrence in Lawrenceburg. And yeah. Saint- and some of those, it's uh, the parish came first and then the name of the town. But a lot of them, it's like, I think with St. Lawrence, St. Lawrence was named after it was already Lawrence Township, but I'm not positive. Because in, you know, with. I was it, thinking Lawrenceburg. Oh, you were thinking Lawrenceburg. Isn't well, there a St. Lawrence in yes. Lawrenceburg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't know anything about Lawrenceburg, so I won't speak And all speak of the people that. from the outside of the Archdiocese of Indianapolis listening to this, all three of them are infatuated <laughs> with this conversation. Probably. But I, so speaking from the experience of St. Philip Neri, yeah. we were founded in 1909 <clears throat> because people were moving east in the city. And Father George Smith was assigned to be the pastor of this new church they were going to found. Um, and he actually chose the name. So he loved... St. Philip Neri. He loved the Oratorians. I think it was from some experience he had with them in Rome. And so he named the parish the Oratory of St. Philip Neri, which is a specific name for like a kind of religious community that runs a parish, but, uh, and it's engraved in stone on our parish, but is that we've the never had an oratory. The, is the technical name of the parish the Oratory of St. Philip Neri? I mean, that's what's in stone on the front of the building, but like, I think legally we're St. Like Philip Neri Catholic Church. Okay. Um, okay. But... So that's one way. I've heard other stories of like well, me, there's a lot of devotion in a certain area or a patron. Let me patron get to, to roots of like what are, what are the base requirements? Um, like you can't name – does it have to be named after a saint? Well, it can be named or, after um, a member of the Blessed Trinity or the Blessed Mother or a saint. Okay. Um, I think there might be some parishes named after people who are blessed, um, but I – there, there's probably like a canonical requirement of how far along someone has to yeah. be in the canonization process about that. You should yeah, ask Father think, Tim. But well, um, sorry, I'd forgotten. <laughs> I just assumed you'd have a basic knowledge, Father. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but our, our our pastors. I've never had to name a parish. Are pastors appointed to a parish before they're named? Um, I don't know if they're technically appointed pastors, but they, they would be assigned to like gather this community together and found a parish. Got it. Um, yeah. Which, which happened, I think we see happen more often now where we're like combining parishes into one community 
But when they combine into the one parish community, oftentimes, I guess I don't know if it's a requirement or not, but oftentimes they take a new name, like All Saints, Father Jonathan Meyer, who we've talked about, four parishes, like physical churches and name, different name churches, but then they went with All Saints, which I, that was also part of what sparked this is I was like, it seems a little cheesy, like a little on the nose to just be like, well, we the All Saints, like, I don't know, but anyway. Yeah, I don't... Would it be better if they, like, did the first two letters of every church name? I don't think they can, because then it wouldn't be... Yeah, I don't know the rules. <laughs> yeah, it's... Every parish needs a patron. So yeah. Whether you're a patron... I mean, I've never heard of a God the Father parish, but, you know, you Sacred Heart Parish, yeah. Holy Trinity Parish, um, you know, you hear those. Yeah. Um, Is there a Chair of St. Peter Parish? Could that count? Um, that's today's feast. I think that's kind of, that is today's feast day. I think that's topical. I mean, the chair of St. Peter is in St. Peter's Basilica. So that would probably probably be the only place where, yeah, I don't know if you could have a chair of St. Peter parish, but St. Peter wouldn't be necessarily a patron. It would just be a feast day. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry. I've always been very fat, like fascinated with today's feast day, Tuesday, February 22nd, 22222. Fun day. Okay. Cool. More? More questions? Uh, no, I think... Oh, that was the other thing. It. Do you know, and you may just say, ask Father Tim again, is a diocese limited <laughs> to like... Because like we have multiple parishes in the diocese with the same names. It's like 16 St. Mary's. Which is also like another one of those things where I'm like, but why? Because there's so many saint names out there. Even if you just wanted to... If we, instead of 16 St. Mary's, you just went with like different Marian devotions or <laughs> apparitions or like all these different things. Like, well, all of those St. Mary's have a longer name, right? St. Mary's in downtown Indianapolis is St. Mary of the Immaculate Conception, right? Oh. Um, Our Lady of the Holy Rose of the Most Holy Rosary Parish, Holy yeah. Rosary has shares a name with Our Lady of the Greenwood Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, right? So there, there are, Longer name, so they are named after different apparitions yeah. or okay. titles of the Blessed Mother. But I don't think there's, I'm not aware of any limit that exists for how many St. Joseph's or St. Mary's there can be in a diocese. And I, I, I think it those depends. are always the two. <laughs> I think it depends on. I mean, that would make sense, right? Because you you have a hierarchy in, yeah. in the communion of saints, right? Yeah. And you would it would be formed by the devotion in a particular area. That makes sense. Like I, I imagine there are a lot of sacred heart parishes. And now that you say that there's like where there's St. Joseph the Worker parish and yeah. I want to belong to St. Joseph Terror of Demons parish. That's, I'll bet it exists. I will be the founding pastor of that parish. That'd be awesome. It wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes. All right. This was really great. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. That was, Thanks that for was, having me. That, that was very informative and, and has, I, it leads to many more questions, but. All right. Bye. Bye. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre. It's all right, cause I'm a sepulchre Sunday.